0: Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space.
1: Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so.
0: On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow and I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces Podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces Podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow alongside the one, the only, Dwayne Drawn. What's going on, Dwayne, baby? What's going on, my man? Just, um, you, know, it's, you know, it's just been a wild couple of weeks, dude. You
1: know, we're, we're killing it. Uh, we're cruise lawn, we're techos. I mean, we're back and forth. Uh, I finally did get some sleep last night after having that that crazy two hour debacle. I think two and a half hour sleep debacle from flights all the yeah. way back from Miami back here. It's just insane. How's it going with you in the basement? Not in the basement, but in the living room of my house.
0: Yes. <laughs> It's always fun when we shoot together. It's like, I could just go to the other room and have this conversation, but then nobody would hear it. So, (laughs) you know, things have been amazing, man. It's been such a blessing to be part of, you know, boot camp with Cruz and all of the souls that have come through so far. It has been such an amazing experience to see them come in and just open up to the possibility of what could be and to challenge their, you know, existing beliefs and what they, all of that. It's just been such a, such a blessing to be part of that. And, uh. You know, it's been so much fun to hang out and spend so much time with you and to be able to travel around and do stuff. And that's really what we want to talk about today on the podcast is, you know, we're right now managing for me personally. I'm managing a lifestyle that I've never managed before, where I'm flying from Pennsylvania to Chicago every week for boot camps, flying in on Sunday, flying out on Tuesday. And then on top of that, we added in the Techo show circuit. So we're flying out of Chicago, both Dwayne and I, to different parts of the country for that. And then, you know, last week I got home on Friday afternoon. I spent a day with my family and then flew back out on Sunday. So, you know, I want to talk about how we're managing to, to keep our families intact, how we're managing to keep these businesses running. And keep in mind, guys, we still have design bill practices running as well. And, and other enterprises running so it's not about us trying to tell you what to do it's about just sharing how we're doing it and hopefully something lands on you that will help you in your journey so that's really the the premise of everything so Dwayne, i know the last two weeks have been insane for you even more insane than for me so tell us a little about what you've been doing and how you've been balancing the insanity of all the travel
1: I don't know. I don't even know if I'm balancing it yet. <laughs> the fallout is going to hit me, and I'm just going to deal with the fallout. I think that's what's going on. But just to give you a scenario, like two weeks ago, I got a project in Ohio. Okay, let's just just pay attention to the start. I mean, this is actually sounds like it's just as bad as you, but project in Ohio I hop on a plane sat uh Thursday morning get to Ohio meet my client do whatever hop back on a plane that evening come back home that night same day then the next morning I woke up hopped on a plane to Atlanta Georgia with my wife and my daughter she just had moved back into school from the thanks from the Christmas break and break and then they just because they don't have a car it's just real hard for them to get to Costco and get all that stuff so we flew down there to get like a SUV so her and her roommates can you mean load up, go to the store. We spent two days just going to the store, Costco, all the grocery stores, just getting everything they need. And what I love is just having the ability to even do that. You know I mean, cause years ago I'd be like, Oh, Hey, I'm at work. I'm not doing that. But it's like the new mindset is that families first and had the ability to do that. But it was crazy. Like that Saturday night we get back. Um, we had to, you mean you, we had some issues with delays back to back to back. We didn't get home till midnight. I mean, wake up in the morning and boom, we're at the boot camp with Cruise Lawn University. You I mean if anybody's gone to that event, they know how amazing that is. But you and I, we fire off for 12 hours of just full pure energy for 12 hours. So that gets done. You and I wake up the next morning, we hop back on a plane, and now we're in Boston. You know I mean So we're in Boston for the Tackle Block Show. Those events are early morning. You mean landscape contractors, so you gotta be at those things at 6.30 in the morning. And that's Eastern time, and that's 5.30 in the morning for me, Central time. So then you take off, go from there. You fly home, you know what I mean? We high five, shake hands, you take off, go one direction. And I flew down to Orlando, Florida, uh, for my son's football game. He's on a traveling league, um, uh, the Pylon. Football league. And then I'm there till Sunday and Sunday night, I come home, catch the last flight burning. I get home at, um, I think 140. I got home and I'm up and gone and we're out of here. I was a little late because I slept in. I, I, I accidentally slept in like 30 minutes. I couldn't believe I did that. And you and I took off like around 550, six o'clock and we pushed another 12 hours and now we're getting ready. As soon as this podcast is over, getting ready to hop back on another plane to Philly and we're gone again. Like this is crazy and managing it. I'm just leaving it to my staff. You mean I'm sending them messages and sending them to say, Hey, can you take care of this? Can you send this? And they're actually stepping up more than I've ever seen with say. And when I say my staff, our staff, not my staff. And more and more i'm watching them just do and do more things that i used to do they're just taking charge of it and i love that you
0: know, there's something so powerful about that as well man and it's 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 so true it's so true and really what i found over the years is that when you when you leave go on a vacation do something you know travel a lot just be away from your business and you rely on your other team members to step up the one of two things happens either they step up and crush it or they just do a little bit or it crashes, right? It's just like, it, it, you still know way, but if you have the right team in place, there won't be that you're going to. And the thing is, when you're away, you're going to find where the holes are in your, in your plan and your systems and your processes. You're going to find where someone doesn't have the right skill set yet in order to manage a certain situation. And the crazy part is, and you know, with my team at master plan, they're an incredible, incredible team. They just, they own what they do. They, they absolutely love it. And it's so, so much of a pleasure to watch them come in and just, just be, you know, and just, just do their thing. And when I leave, Uh, and they're still selling projects when I'm gone. And it's like, I come back and you're like, oh yeah, we sold a couple of projects. That's awesome. I'm sitting here thinking like, that is so incredible. I've only ever dreamt of the idea where I'd be part of a team that would just own their, their stuff and not have to constantly be asking for tons of questions and all that kind of stuff. Like they just know what to do, but it's because I do leave a lot, right? I'll leave for two, three, four weeks at a time. And barely touch base with them. If there's something that comes up, a fire that pops up, we'll hit it. But most of the time there's not a whole lot of communication. And in that time, it's it's helped them develop their skill set where they're like, we don't need him around. When I get there, I, you know, to be quite honest with you, I think I'm kept around for entertainment more than anything. But that's really the 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 goal of you know, people who want to be in business and want to empower people and not just Get someone else to do the work, guys and gals. That's not what this is about, like finding somebody else that'll do the stuff you don't want to do. It's about empowering people to do what they love to do, and that allows you to free up and do other things that you love to do, too. And If you're constantly thinking about helping others in any way, shape, or form, that becomes an easy decision to make. because With the other teams involved, they're able to do their passion, and you're able to push even further with your passion. Everybody wins. And that's the beautiful part about it. It's when you take away the mindset of I need to find somebody to do the shit I don't want to do, giving them the shit, you feel like you're kind of handing things off that are less than you. And then IE, those people are less than you that are doing it right. But when you find them all as equals or even superior to your skill set, and their abilities, and you become equals that way, holy shit, it's a game changer.
1: Yeah. You know, I guess one of the biggest things is missing like the wife and stuff like that. I mean, the kids, we always talk by text or FaceTime. So that's sort of normal. Uh, The wife and I, we spend a lot of time like having face-to-face conversations. And, you know, when you're pushing this hard you rarely get that time to have that phone call um, in the middle, especially if you're at like a techo show, show, you're there all day, I mean, yeah. you catch that evening with, and you're trying to, you mean, have that, you mean recap of the day, but you don't really wanna talk about today. You wanna talk about what's going on in their world. And uh, my wife is actually, pushing just as hard as, you know, as we are, like she has her events, it's kicking off and she was just in, um, Savannah, Georgia. She's in Atlanta. You mean she was, uh, she actually flew to Orlando with my son, uh, I think a day earlier and I came in to kick it with them. So that's sort of, sort of a drawback too, that you don't get to kick it all the time. Like even yesterday we got home at what midnight or one. So when I came home, she was in bed. So yeah. I wake up this morning, I just see her basically getting dressed and kiss, her goodbye, gone. She's off and Hey, good luck. And that's about it. You know what I mean? So it's just getting yeah. used to that, that type of, matter of fact, I don't think I ever want to get used to that. You know what I mean, that's something mm-hmm. that I always wanted to bother me. So I, I make sure that if I can catch the first flights burning, coming back, I can spend as much time as I can with the wife and kids and stuff like
0: that. 100% man. Cause think about it. This is what we do it all for. You know, we do it all for the family and and we want to make sure we can help them see the model of what a successful uh, male is, right? The mm-hmm. masculine energy, successful male. That's not a guy who is not hit, not there, like always out chasing the dream and never home. Like what they want. They don't give a shit about the money. They don't give a shit about all the accolades you're getting. They don't give a shit about any of that. All they want is you present with them when you're there. And if time isn't to your favor like it isn't for either of us right now with our families you know um i find it's hard to line up a call a time for a call with my wife or my kids because you know we're going 100 directions and if we're at the show and people are coming by like and then i'm like oh, i just won't call today and if i don't call then i feel guilty and call plus at the same time i really care about what happened with their day um i've used an app it's called marco polo uh, i know we've talked about it but i mean marco polo is what i use when i travel and it's it's uh it's like you're shooting a video each time back and forth, but you don't have to be there for what it, when it lands, if you will. So, right now, I could pick up my phone. I could shoot a, a quick video. I could uh, She would see my face. My kids would see my face. We'd, I'd talk about what's going on in my life right now or what's happening or some fun things or some things I'm struggling with, whatever. And then I just hit send. And the thing is that whether you have connection or not, it'll just stand there and wait. And then when it has connection, it sends it up. So, I'll do that on an airplane. I'll do that anywhere. It doesn't matter to me, right? When I have something on my mind. And then my wife and kids will do the same thing and they'll send it back so it's it's whenever i want to watch it is when it happens so if i get a free break between people at the shows or after you know if we do boot camp i shut my phone off nobody gets in contact with me i am there For that group, no one else at that point. So at the end of the day, I'll look and I'll have a couple and I'll watch and I'll hear my kid's day at school and my wife and what she did today. And and then I'll respond. If I have any energy left, I'll hit them then or I'll wait till the morning and shoot. It could be two o'clock in the morning when I wake up. So the cool part is it's on your time, but you get to see their face. You get to see the expressions. You get to be there with them as close as we can be and not have to have time line up. That's why I like that because I'm like, hey, are you available at two o'clock? No, I'm not, all right, this went long, like who cares? They'll watch it when they're ready, um, which I find really, and you can actually watch it simultaneously. So that's really a cool part. You can be like talking back and forth. Like once like I got walkie talkie, but with face. Anyway, I'm not here to plug the app. I just think it's such an amazing thing that uh, that has changed our communication, uh, but it's it's been amazing. But I know that when I was home on Saturday, For the day that I kind of skidded in and shot back out again. You know, when I got home, I had a ton of work to get done that I'm trying to keep up on the road as much as I can. Thank God for technology, but certain things like real estate closings and, and, uh, you know, banking that has to be done, still old fashioned back and forth within the structure, different things to sign, all that stuff that I have to have wet signed for, you know, it, it was a lot of stuff that needed to be done. So I tried my hardest to get that done before the kids got up and when they were busy with other things. So that when I came home and I was ready to go, that I could just be with them. Cause I'm only there for less than, you know, for a day effectively. And my youngest son did a Klondike with his uh, boy scout troop where it was, it was, I think it was nine degrees, eight or nine degrees during a nor'easter snowstorm on the East coast. So we were just getting some of the edges of it. It wasn't the heavy snow and 40 mile an hour winds. And they took these boys out. And he's he's very, very much dedicated to this team. And they took them out and they did their Klondike, where did a bunch of outdoor activities um, during that day. And they were out there for a good six, seven hours. And th- there was no inside time. This was all outside. They wanted warmth. They started the fire. Like this is survival. And this is what I love about that group is that they're so focused on training these boys to be young men and not a bunch of fucking sissies, you know, to actually push them to their limits. And I like that. So They came back. I picked them up and we came back and we hung out as a family and we watched some TV. We played some board games and I was just shut after the whole world off and just focused on them. And then the next morning, the same way, the Sunday morning before my flight, same thing. We played some more board games. We talked some more and got on the plane and took off. But I feel like As long as just like with you, when you're traveling with the family, you have time to be present with them as opposed to just being that skeleton that moves through the room. You know what I mean? Like I was for so long where I'm here, I checked the box. I was with my family on Saturday. And the problem was that I wasn't really there. I was checking my phone. I was in email. My brain was on five more projects, new students. What am I gonna build? What am I gonna eat? Like your brain's somewhere else, but you're not there. And since I switched that mindset around and I I only go there, I shut the world off, and I'm only with them at that moment and consciously make that effort it has changed the way that I integrate with them and I feel like a better connection with my kids and my wife as well. So I don't know. It's just the ways that that I'm managing it, that I'm finding it works.
1: Yeah. We actually did get to, um, to do some of that on Sunday. Um, the good thing is my, my, my kids are, they're older, so they're gone. So we only, yeah. only have left is uh, the 14 year old. And so mm-hmm. when he's out doing this thing, he was actually spending time with his friends. He's like, Hey guys, I'm going to stay here after his football game. He's like, I'm gonna stay here and hang out. I'll see you guys yeah. later. So that mm-hmm. gave us Isabel and I time, I mean, to have a, a really good time to hang out, talk. I mean, we were having some little minor issues because of the travel, because of all the, you know, I mean, we're passing each other. You know I mean? She's yeah. at her event. I come in and it's almost like, you don't even get to stop to kiss. Like as you get a kiss, her lips are moving. My lips are moving in other directions. We're just passing each other. So, Mm -hmm. um, being able to just chill and hang out and do that. And then one of the other things that I do like about travel too, is, is that I have a lot of friends all over the United States of America. And so almost everywhere I go, everywhere, it doesn't really matter other than really Boston we were at. I really don't know anybody like even Dallas and Connecticut and even Philly. I got groups and groups of people that I know I can hang out with. And, and so we had some old friends from Ohio. We went, hung out with, we had dinner and it's like, it was just sort of neat to hang out with them, especially on a grown up level. You know what I mean? It's seems like we yeah. both grew up. Um, they're doing very well in life. You know what I mean? So vi- vice versa. So everything is cool. Uh, one thing I would like to talk about too, in this, in this uh, podcast about this whole thing to give us sort of nugget out, like what are some of the things, the protocols that you put in place to make your travel more convenient when you have stuff like this, like outside of family, like, like what calendars are you using? What computers are you using? Like, what do you do to keep yourself intact with, um, with, your business, your family, everything like that. Just like how to sort of how you drop the
0: app. Yeah. So obviously the app for communication with the family, when it comes to my team back at the office, it's running master plan. You know, we, we have text chains that we set up. That's the easiest way we communicate. Or if there's an email that I need to look at, they'll send it over. But most of that's handled by those guys. They, they're fucking masters at that. Um, but as far as scheduling flights and all that stuff, I like the Apple, you know, calendar that works really well for me, and it's populated. My my team sees it. Um, my director of operations, Becky, she runs all my scheduling with that company, so she'll just open it up and check and see what's available and plug stuff in. Then I see it pop up. So that's how I'm managing all of that. And I'll see things that are changing, and she'll see things changing in a second on mine. And she's like, "When am I supposed to get these people in?" I'm like, "Just tell them two months." That's the best way to do it, right? Um, but yeah, that's that's a bigger that's how I'm doing most of that uh, is just communicating through that Apple Calendar and you know as far as making travel more convenient and more exciting, you know we uh, we've kind of discovered this new thing at the airport, Dwayne and I wanted to share with you. They're called lounges, right? And we I, I've heard of them before, but I'm like I'm never at the airport that long to spend more money for a nicer place to be. And you know last week we had to shoot a podcast, so we said. Uh, let's go to the lounge and do that. We had to go there early because our flight was at like ten fifteen or ten forty five, and we had to shoot one. So I was like, "Let's go to the, let's go to the lounge and we'll set up. It's quiet there. We'll get Wi Fi and we'll just sit back and have a conversation. This will be amazing." And then we found that uh, I think you're you're laptop wouldn't connect or some kind of a permissions thing that was wrong and didn't work and a guy never showed up to the podcast anyway so it ended up working out well we just had a great conversation without the podcast but um but we found this whole concept of lounges and uh, i've seen them internationally but i've never really thought about it much in the us with all this traveling i'm thinking well, you know, how much could it be and we get to the desk and it's it's only 60 bucks. And it doesn't make sense if you're only sitting in an airport for like 15 minutes before your flight or an hour before your flight, but we had a couple of hours. So it's like why not go there? They have food, does they don't charge you for food. I mean, hell, a bottle of water in the in the airport's probably 5 or 6 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um plus you get food, you get water, you get service, they take care of stuff for you. It's 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 a game changer it's proximity too. So, it's proximity too. yeah there's a lot of people that are doing well in those areas so you can start good conversation so you know we we're flying American Airlines working on the points with that and and Dwayne's got status I'm so close to it Dwayne I actually <laughs> hit the I hit the, the dollar status now um and now I just need a little bit more from mileage and I noticed today for a flight to to um Philadelphia they actually didn't charge me for the upgraded bulkhead seats this time. They usually hit me for like thirty bucks. This time there was no dollar sign on it, so I'm like, I'll take that one. So pretty soon it'll be first class, and we'll, I won't have to take a picture of your elbow. I can actually, just, I can sit next to you,
1: bro. You might be at gold. I don't think you're looking at it correctly because might not. you might have to look at it. This you got an upgrade the other day, and yeah. they didn't. If they're not charging you for that, you're actually at gold status. You mean I think you're uh, yeah. at gold. You mean I'm I'm at platinum, and I have actually. I think eight more flights to hit the next level where actually the lounges actually will be free for us. So when I hit that, when we hit the next level, it'll be free. Um, here's the thing. I love the the maneuverability with the software and stuff like that we're working on now. Like mm-hmm. we use a less annoying CRM, and mm-hmm. there's a section in there where it links um, Alana and Isabel, the, the, who run the office, it links them to my calendar. And so mm-hmm. if I put something on there, it it just automatically happens. If they put something on there, it automatically happens. We use software called Calendly, mm-hmm. and I think you guys use it too, but we do, um, yeah it reads my calendar. And if a client has any specific meetings, like we have all the different kinds of meetings, we set for like zoom meetings, face-to-face meetings, onsite consultations. And so a lot of my office uh, manager can send that out to them and they can pick a date and it's all based on my calendar. And then you, you just got to be honest and set your travel schedules. Uh, you just made me switch over to, I, I've always ran on my work computer, my work laptop where it's a gaming computer. It does really well for drawing and stuff like that. And recently I switched over to the MacBook, the 13 inch MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. uh, MacBook Air. Um, yeah. Very convenient. I can pull it out on the thing. Um, I was going to tell you this because I travel so much. I actually have a membership with the internet. I have a monthly mm-hmm. membership plan. It's not, I don't have to pay for it every flight. So I just pay yeah. a monthly fee. And as soon as I hop on my devices, it just kicks in and we just go from there. But there's just a lot of different softwares that really helps keep us on track to keep us moving because you can't just do this without.
0: You can't. Yeah. No, you can't shut the world off. I mean, no. completely. It'd be nice if you could, but you know, if you're empire builders like we are out there that want to, you know, make a big impact in this world, you know, you need to keep somewhat in touch. And at a certain times, shutting things off, like if I go to a men's retreat or something like that, I shut the world off. Like nobody's getting in contact with me. But for the most part, when we're doing these events, we need to stay, you know, active in those things as well. And Calendly has been a, a godsend. You know, it's very inexpensive and it's extremely powerful. Now, what I did find with master plan, when you're dealing with larger projects, people don't want to necessarily set a Calendly link. I did find that, I don't know, that's what we found. They they tend to not show up as much, and especially if you're trying to get both decision makers involved, it seems a little bit of a kind of like a one step away kind of thing, like a one extra step removed, or versus an actual physical phone call or an email still tends to have a little bit more teeth, at least that's what we're finding. Uh, but for the Express side and working with students and for personal schedules and all that, Calendly, a freaking godsend it's so cheap and you just set it up it's not hard to set up and it automatically books things for you and it takes all the thinking out of it it's so so great um but yeah the macbook air is amazing i was so happy that i purchased one about a year ago now and thing travels with me ever it's like my desktop everywhere as opposed i used to have an ipad a big pro ipad and the problem is that the experience wasn't the same as my desktop when I was at home. So I always felt like I was getting kind of like a half-baked experience. And if I wanted to do something, I couldn't do it. And then when I got back, I had to find it versus now my desktop and this Air is the same as a desktop on my iMac. So technically, there's no difference. I'm just working in a smaller environment. Uh, and I love that because I don't have to think much about it. And I feel like I'm working in with my... Um, a place that I'm already very comfortable to, to keep moving forward. There's nothing more worse than going to do some work and you can't find the shit you're looking for. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I know Apple, like they don't need my advice, but you know, if they were listening to this, they happen to be listening to this podcast. (laughs) If they made an iPod that had the same OS as the Mac, I would actually have traveled more with the iPad than the Mac. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, you know how some of the Windows pads, they're they're still the Windows operating system, but yet they're pads. But Apple has this, this iOS for Apple and for stuff like that. If the iPad had the same iOS or same operating system as the Mac, you could find you could put your files in there you can maneuver you could do whatever and it's like you know they can just fucking do it you know what i mean so i mean
0: (laughs) you know they don't want to you know you can't stop being dicks apple's a (laughs)
1: dick-ass company i mean they're dicks you know what i mean just do it man stop being such dicks they're
0: they're fucking they're 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 brilliant but they know exactly how to get as much out of you as you can we keep going there and doing it and you know like like you know like i've said a thousand times i can't wait for every two years when i do a cycle upgrade and i'm like I, i plan the day like i'll actually is be like, I'm taking a half a day. I'm going to the Apple store. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to get the service. I'm going to buy that $1,500 phone. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to be excited. I'm going to wait till everything downloads. I'm going to take that box and store it with my other Apple boxes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they are just so brilliant in how they've created this experience that I keep doing over and over. And I can't wait to spend a stupid amount of money on something I can get a lot cheaper somewhere else, but yeah. I just love doing it.
1: But actually pay attention to it. We were, we have uh, we have company meetings every Monday. And one of the things we were talking about is 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 how do you reduplicate the experience over to a client? And one of the biggest issues I think our industry has, and this could be a whole different podcast subject is, is that there's not enough user interface to the client. Like um, there's no software. There's really nothing that, I mean, we're, we're, testing MyDoma right now. And we actually sent letters to all the clients and say, hey, you are a part of our tests, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. during the projects installations, we're using Basecamp, but right now we're testing MyDoma because it has more of a beautiful interface. So when a client signs on and has a beautiful scene of a job, you mean it's mm-hmm. it's easier to navigate, they can push a button and get all information. We can also put our estimates and everything there. They can even approve estimates, but it brings up a, a beautiful interface for them to work with. And it just seems like our industry doesn't have anything? We tried to build a trend, and they are just—I mean, they like if build a trend. If you're hearing me, your salesmen are dicks, and you guys are just you I mean, just hardcore construction, and that's it. I mean, it's like it, it's like they don't see anything else. You I mean just construction, True. construction. That's it. There's no softness. No user interface. It's just no nothing. Just construction and throw it at you. That's it. They don't even listen to you when you ask questions.
0: Yeah. Now, we tried builder trend years ago and i i thought it was a great software for certain people but it wasn't going to be for us and yeah. you know we were blessed enough to have somebody that i knew that built their own crm um and he's, he's actually a home and pool builder and he built his own crm and i asked him Can I get the contact and it's a it's a firm out of pakistan funny enough and uh amazing group they're they're wizards whatever you want they'll build and we started six years ago building ours and we run our own platform that there, no one else runs us we're the only ones on the planet with this platform um and it's, it speaks exactly to our business model. So we don't have to try to adapt to another one. We had one built for us. Now, I'm not suggesting all you guys out there go do this, but it's worked for us. You know, we're at this situation now where we're thinking like, all right, is this something that we not think we're, we're definitely building it for our clients? Our next piece is to build in a client portal, get more interaction like you're talking about where clients can have that my domain experience, but within our environment. Um, Because there's certain things we want them to see certain things we don't want them to see you know Certain things that are going to add to the customer experience because that's really what it's all about guys It's all about the customer experience. Just like um, I want to share a quick story about going back to the lounge right at the airport Uh, I was in Philadelphia flying out for this leg of boot camp, which is week four and i was supposed to fly out at i think it was 320 was my flight to chicago from uh, from philadelphia well i got there and as soon as i land or as soon as i parked a car i looked and i was like oh it's delayed till five so i'm like all right no big deal i'm here not a big deal i'm just gonna go upstairs i'll go to the lounge you know i had points in my card so i just used those points and i feel like that's free money anyway right so I went up there and a lady her name was jennifer She flagged me over, said, come here, I'll take care of you. So I walked over. She's like, let me see your flight number. Like, where are you going? This kind of thing. She immediately jumped into customer service mode and not in the way that like she had to do it. She felt, I felt like she was on a mission. The second she saw there was a delay, she actually called Chicago, found out what the delay was. She found it was a technical issue the plane would they they figured out how many people were uh how many staff was on the plane the, the pilots were there like she went through all this stuff it blew my mind with this conversation which you can see on her screen and she says all right there's another flight leaving at 517 um it's a 50-50 whether this is going to be a better choice or the same give me a little while give me another hour and I'll be able to tell you what the right situation is going to be for you and I'm like I didn't expect any of that. I just expected her to take my money and say, go eat your free food. But she took over. Her customer experience wasn't even asked for. She automatically knew what I needed and did it. There was no question. And I just sat there in all of that customer experience. It keeps going from there. So I go find a spot, start working on some editing that I'm doing, grab some food, showing out in the lounge, nice and quiet and private. And she comes over like 15 minutes later. She's like, all right, Josh, things have changed. Um, I'm going to get you on that 517 flight. There's no, there's no seats left. I will find a seat for you. I want to make sure you get there. Cause if not, it's not going to be until midnight, one in the morning before you arrive. And I'm thinking, thank you. <laughs> okay. This is amazing. She's back 15 minutes later. She's like, it's all done. We found you a seat. You're good to go. We're not going to put you in the back of the plane. There's actually two seats that eventually popped open. We're going to put you in the front of the plane here in, in row nine. You could have put me in 24. I would have sat on the tail for all the matters at that point. She's like, but I know that you like to sit in the front. So we're going to get you up there. And is there anything else I can help you with? And I'm like, well, I have some, some flights that I have that weren't, that weren't added into my, uh, my account. She's like, I'll take care of that for you too. Give me the number. So I gave her a number. She went off and took care of everything. I'm like, why well, I sat there eating, working, she was doing all this work and she was glad to do it that's customer service. That's a customer experience. I will go back to the lounge and look for her in Philadelphia every single time I go just to say hi and thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the kind of customer experience we need to bring to our clients. And obviously we're not flying. We don't have lounges, none of that shit, but what are we doing in addition to what we're expected to do is augmenting the fuck out of the reality. What are we doing? You know, in our process at Yes Express, it's all about opening them up. And I'm not going to sit here and try to hard sell you shit, but what I'm going to do is tell you, that automatically augments their reality when they're being asked questions that elicit thinking that they've never, depths of thought they never thought about before. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, holy crap, maybe this guy's not about selling me anything. Maybe he's actually cares enough to help me buy what I really want and save me for myself. Imagine a conversation like that. We get that kind of response all the time from our clients. And I hear it from the students around the country. They're like, holy crap, I know how to have a conversation with clients. It's not all about me selling stuff. Cause Duane, I don't know about you, but I suck at selling. I suck at selling because I hate the feeling of being sold to. And I don't ever want to elicit that to anybody else. I want to help people buy stuff. I want to be part of the fun side of this where they actually enjoy the process where numbers and budget aren't the only thing they're focused on. We're like, oh, my God, this feels different that's what I, that's what it lights me up. That's why I love teaching people how to do it. And it's, it's so much fun. But when I see good customer service and I see someone who gets it, who's mission driven, who's out to just save the world, I'd love sharing stuff like that. So if you guys are in Philadelphia and you go to the American lounge, look for Jennifer She's awesome and just say, Josh says, thank you. (laughs) You know, I just, that's the kind of cool stuff. And you wear, you know, when it comes to reviews and that kind of stuff on your website, imagine if you're creating that kind of an environment. I'm looking around on American Airlines trying to find a way to give her a review. I am seeking that out right now, taking my precious time to make sure she gets a bump for that. Yeah. Because, damn it, that's what it is. And that's called reciprocity. When you add so much value to a relationship, somebody is seeking out the internet to find a way to say something amazing about something you did. Yeah. Getting reviews is no big deal.
1: Yeah. would they say that, um, you know, if you do a client wrong, that's tell 10 people, you do something great. They don't say anything. And I, I think it just comes back to, and I'm not talking about American airlines. I'm talking about American culture, just American. Yeah. I think we have this false sense of luxury. What we think luxury is and respect that because I think in American culture, everything is based on a transactional and mm-hmm. not transformational. And, and that's why I think our businesses that the businesses that you own, the business that I own, I think that's why clients look at us sort of a little different because we're focused on a transformation, not transaction. And we've learned that the more transformations that we make, transactions are not a big, they're not even an issue. Like I don't have to worry about if a client's going to close a, a contract or not. Like I could be at work somewhere and get a, a contract signing for 90 grand or something like that and something, and a check sent in the mail. I, I even forgot I even sent something to them. You know what I mean? So, and that's because we're all about transformations in that transaction. And I think a lot of the luxury, the hotels, the airlines, the restaurants is sort of this false. Facade. Hey, come into this VIP lounge. And the VIP lounge is really shit. You know what I mean? It just, it just. It's just a different lounge, different space from somewhere else to make you look different. But the food's not different. The service is not different. Nothing's different about it. So when you catch something like a Jennifer and who goes all above and beyond, you're like, holy shit. And you got to think about it. If your business operates on that standpoint, think about how much you stand out from everybody else. You you don't really have to market anymore.
0: It's so true. You don't have to. You let your actions, you know, sell the next project or your yeah. your actions, you know, help a client make a a very good decisions. You know, I know you probably heard on the podcast before guys, but when it comes to things like fire pits, you know, imagine, I'm going to back that up quick before I get to that point. Imagine if instead of you trying to sell your client stuff and feeling the pressure every time you go out and talk to them that you have to sell this project, right? You have to somehow convince them conjule them somehow you have to get them to say yes because there's a bill you need to pay you've got this this big debt coming up that you've got to take care of and this project's going to do it for you it's going to get you another month time another month's runway before you need it again right another bump so you're focused on that you're focused on that there's all this pressure to go out and sell them do you actually think you spend a lot of time listening to what they say or do you think your mind's constantly going through the cycle of okay she said something what is my answer so i can get her to say yes fastest do you think that's actually going to serve the client? And a bigger question, and I know you know the answer to this, Dwayne, I'm just playing with you, but uh do you honestly think that that client feels like they ha- you have their best interest at all in mind or is it just one of those hard sell situations, you know what I mean? I I listened to a podcast on the way out here. Somebody had shared and they were talking about, you know, the objections that most uh that that most contractors face when they go out to meet with a client. It's typical objections like, I got to talk to my wife. I need a week to think about this. I've got other people looking at this project. And what you should say in those times, And the guy was a nice guy that was talking about it. And, you know, I appreciated his approach. But what I didn't appreciate is the fact that it's like, a, it's a close at all. A, 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 doesn't matter. Close or nothing kind of thing, right? You go into it thinking, I have to. I have this pressure on my back that I have to close this deal, even if I feel slimy about it. Because that's the objective. That's the mission. If a client really doesn't want it, needs time to think about it, all that kind of stuff really wants to talk to their wife, you need to come in with a couple of other little zingers to make them feel lesser or dumb so that they will make a decision now to benefit you. That bothers me. And that's one thing why I say I suck at sales, because if that's sales, I want nothing to do with it. I want nothing to do with that world where I've got to come up with all these these, these little zingers that can bring somebody back around and have them buy like the ABC always be closing. That's fucking bullshit.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm here to say bullshit on that because when you're doing it from your heart and your soul, it is not about that. Hmm. It is not about that at all. And I know a lot of you guys out there in sales are listening to this right now, shaking your head like you're a fucking idiot, dude. You don't know what you're talking about. No, 25 years in the business. I've tried both sides. One side. One side. The side where it's traditional, try to go, those zingers, throw those objections. When a throw objection comes out, you throw these zingers at you like, hey, but if your wife's not here, what do you think she'd say if, uh, you know, if she was here right now? Like, how the fuck would he ever know? Seriously. Oh, well, if she would think it's a good idea, why don't we just do it and you can deal with that later? And I'm sitting here thinking like, if somebody asked me that, and so I would say I was putting new windows in my house and somebody asked me that, I'd throw them the fuck out of my house. Yeah. I'd throw them right out of my house. I'd be like, just dude, sorry, out. All you care about is your sale. You don't give a shit if I'm happy. That's the end of it, right? And I never, ever, ever want anybody to come through anything we teach them and have that feeling of icky sliminess or this 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 feeling of, of needing to close somebody. Because when you close things like a door, you shut it off. I hate that term, but it's a term so commonly used in the sales world that everyone knows what it means. That's why I would actually say it. But I hate that term because for me, it's never about closing a deal. It's about opening a door. It's about opening a relationship. Sales is all relationships. And when it's one-sided, they don't last long. No different than a marriage. No different than a, you know, if you have a girlfriend or boyfriend, if it's always one-sided, eventually it shuts. It's done. It has to be both-sided. And I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm on a rant here. But that just, when I was listening to that, I'm like, this is what people think. That's why they hate sales. Yeah. That's why they suck at it because it's not authentic. They're trying to be something they're not. Just lead with your heart, do the right thing, say the right things at the right time. And it's no conjuiling or bullshit. It's no trying to convince her or force or manipulate. Sales is a beautiful, beautiful thing when it's done with the intention of the client in mind, not just your fucking bottom line. Yeah.
1: Peace out. Since you got us (laughs) off topic, I'm going to about to take us back to topic using your your same (laughs) subject because... Um. Here's the thing, a lot of that sales mentality is based on the scarcity or not having enough or not being able yes. to accomplish. So it's all based on this close, 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 because last month I didn't sell it enough, I didn't sell it at a higher dollar amount, and I'm broke today, and I'm broke, I'm gonna be broke tomorrow. So what happens is, the reason why I'm gonna bring this back to the subject is, you can't really travel and maneuver like the way you and I are doing if we were in a close, closing mentality. We had to slam a deal or close another deal. You and I have really basically opened up our businesses to a form where it's transformational. And we still have clients on the on the hook. We have clients who are waiting. We have clients in line. Matter of fact, we have so many people on the list. I sort of feel bad for them. I had one guy text me today. He said, man, I got some stuff going on. And you know, Dwayne, it shows that you can't, you can't even talk till February. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I want to squeeze him in, but I've been working with those guys for like a year and a half. So don't try to pull the red flag today. You mean, because you want to do something now when you actually had a year and a half to do something. So, I mean, I'll try to squeeze him in if I can, but it comes down to we're operating on that transformational side. And that, that stops us from needing that close. I I know what that life was like. I, I was a car salesman and I brought that same mentality to a business when I was in. And then I always stayed broke. So I used those innuendos, those tricks, those words, whatever I had to say to get that client to sign and write that check. And you know what? Every single one of those deals, to be real with you, were never right. I was yep. just trying to get the money to pay bills. I wasn't really, I didn't really care what they wanted. I just, Hey, yep. you guys got a check. Let me get this check and let's move forward. By now operating on the sales platform and process that we are, it gives you and I the ability to maneuver, to put the staff in place, to now start traveling across the country, promoting what we do, teaching others how to do this. I mean, we're te- we just taught 15 contractors yesterday. So that's a total of actually 60 contractors that actually understand the sales process, understand the design process. We go to the techo shows shows, all those people are asking questions. We're probably talking to maybe 100, 150 people per day. So we're talking to them, elevating their brains, and we're slowly trying to knock this, I, I don't wanna use a name, but you mean the sales guru, give me now, give me now, or the clothes, let me get in front of my I'll close the deals. We're, we're getting that away, and we're opening up more of a freer life and enjoyable life, meaning this process to get us to do that. So now I'm back on subject, so keep your ass on subject.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will try my hardest, Wayne. you know how it is with rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, when you get passionate about something, you just, you just go right in. at least lean in right into it because that's the, that's the truth right there. That's the good sauce. Right. But, uh, no, I totally agree. And when I first started out in business, I was the same way because all the books that I read, you know, after I realized books and mentors were going to be a good thing, uh, they were all about the hard clothes. They were all about tricks and techniques, ways to get people to do what you wanted to do, to manipulate them, to get the result you wanted. And it never, ever sat well with me. I've done them. I didn't never like them. I walked away feeling like, Oh my God, I don't know if they should have really bought that. I don't know that it really fit them, but now I have their check. And it's like, it just, it never sat well with me. And when I, you know, when I sat down with my sales coach and started going through what we were doing and when we designed the S yes express, you know, sales mastery side, you know, I said this is something that I and he was right on the same board. Like he's he he teaches it in a different industry when he came in. So it's like he goes, I totally get it. We're not going to do that, and we're going to create an environment where where your client wins and you win too, right? So it's not there's none of that sliminess in there. You're actually starting a conversation with them, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. But anyway, the point is, I now feel whole when I talk to people. I feel like even if I have to tell them no and give them the graceful exit and still get my referrals from from clients like that, I still feel like I was able to guide them on their journey and not just say, Nope, sorry, don't do that. Or better yet, like most in the industry, they don't respond to people that they don't think are going to be a good fit. They just don't. So a client takes the time to fill out a, maybe a form on your question on your uh, website, or even leave you a phone message, a voicemail and, and or shoot you even a, you know, a direct message on, on social media. And you're like, no, nah, I don't want that project. Just don't get back to them. That's a big slap in the face, dude. If they have enough respect to give you a connection like that, at least you can tell them no, nicely call it the graceful exit, right? We can teach you how to do that, but you know, you can give them that graceful exit and at least save face and help them on their journey. That's how we see it. And that's why we run successful practices guys. It's not because we don't do it like everybody else. I've both Dwayne and I have always been wild cards when it's come to the world we I've never fit in anywhere I've been so I've always realized that in order to be who I truly was meant to be that I I'm a pioneer I'm someone who who you know wants to do things first I want to get out there and try things and I'm willing to take the arrows that it that comes with being a pioneer in order to make that happen because I think that so much of our lives are designed by us and we have the ability to do that once we take control of our minds and take control of our uh, you know, our hearts and souls. And then we start realizing what really drives us and things that we don't want, we don't tolerate anymore. Like the wholesale side. I'm like, no, I, I'm not going to tolerate being somebody else in order to get money. I feel like a prostitute at that point. I have no interest in that whatsoever. And I start, all right, what lines with the way I feel like I'd want to be treated. And that's why this whole system came together. And now when I'm talking to people or my staff's talking to people, everybody's lit up. And I'm not sitting here trying to plug it. I don't care if you ever work with us or not. That's up to you. But the point is, I want to make sure you realize there is another option out there that if you're feeling sick and tired of trying to tell people what to do or manipulate them into your product or service, there are solutions out there that will absolutely transform how you do that. And it's not that difficult because if this this guy from Pennsylvania, cornfields of Pennsylvania can do it. Trust me, you can do it too.
1: It's a subtle game changer. Like once you get it put together and you have it right and you have it set up correctly, your business will explode. And I think it explodes because of the confidence you now exude. I mean, when you talk to a client, you know you're going to say the right thing. You pretty much know that you're going to be able to ask the right questions. You're going to steer them in the right direction and get the information you need out of them to create something amazing for them. And then they're able to, they're free and able to give you the information that they want hit. They've always wanted to tell somebody, you mean, so you could design and build something that they've seen in the magazines and the photos and pictures. So it's just such a dope program to do it. Like it works for us. You mean, and I was the, the car sales closer guy for years. And this, this whole thing, the whole process worked for us and changed us around. And it's so dumb how you just put everybody in a position. You can relax. You don't feel like you have to chase anything, everything. The lead comes out. You have to run and go out there the day they call them. Like, hey, put them through the process. If they're in a the process, they follow the process. Everybody's in position and everyone lands at the right time that they need to land. Sort of like air traffic controlling. It's all there. Um. So
0: beautiful system. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I know one thing that I struggle with and one of the reasons why we even did this, you know, decided to systemize something as, you know, personal as sales or, you know, as helping people buy. Is because i'd be doing i'd be wearing so many hats in a day you know running a business it's, it's either you're managing back then i didn't have a lot of staff so you know it's like i was doing most everything in the business and i'm like you know when i get on a sales call every time it was different i didn't know what to say next i felt like there was times i left money on the table i felt like there's times i took clients because i didn't know what to ask them i didn't know how to take them through anything i would ask the same questions you know like hey you know what's the project sound like? All right, it's cool. How much you got to spend, right? And that's, that's the typical questions. And maybe a couple more I'd add in over time. When I'd read a book, I'd throw this question in, but I'd be scared about asking it because I wouldn't know the response. I think that they're thinking I'm reading a script or something. So anyway, it was weird in the beginning to get started trying to figure this out. But what I found is I was much happier when I finally had a system that I could just kind of kick back, you know, Friday afternoon after a long freaking week, you're burned out. I could go. You know what? I know exactly what the questions I'm going to ask. I know exactly how I'm going to ask them. I know exactly the kind of response my ideal client will give me. I know exactly the response of a client that I want to broom will give me. And it just takes all of the thinking out of it. It is just it. It's it's like you're you're running it through a filter, and at the other end you have clean gasoline. You know what I mean? All the impurities are on the other side, and you get the the clients you truly want. And that's really the point that I really love the most. And I see it now with the you know students around the country and how they're able to do the same thing and not have the, the stress and anxiety of like, oh crap, I should have asked that question. I should have asked this question. Well, they did say this to this, and they answered the question this way, one of the questions, and the project didn't go through. I probably should have added another question or I should have drilled deeper on that or I should have figured out that because... The husband couldn't make it to the call that this whole thing was a big fucking joke because he's the one that holds the, we call him the the banker, right? He's the one that holds the checkbook and he could never be there, but she could be there. And she told us all kinds of fun stuff. And then I went out and he showed up and he's like, I'm not spending that much money. Like, all of this stuff. I don't know. I just I I I love it. I know that. I should love it, right? But at this point, it's uh it's good stuff. But Dwayne, it's we're going to keep going here. We're on week four, you know, of boot camp. We just uh we were just out rocking people yesterday, had a blast. It was such a great group, very moving group. Um, and I'm super excited to see what they build this week. Really excited to see what they guys I love how Cruz does that, where he'll bring everybody together and say, All right, guys, what are we gonna build this week? You know, and each each year, each week, each team wants to build something cool and different, right? I love that. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they come up with and I can't wait to get back here up there next Monday and, uh, you know, to rock some more lives. So, uh, Brother, anything else in in closing you want to say? No. um,
1: Just get ready back pack up, get the Uber so we can get to the airport. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: So, guys, thanks for tuning in. You know our goal is to impact and empower 2 million people in the outdoor living and contracting world in general. Uh, We're well on our way to do that. Your support has been incredible. You guys out there sharing this stuff, I'm so blessed and we're so privileged to have you guys on board and listening and sharing. Um, And if you think of somebody that you think could benefit from what we just got done talking about, that's fine. Send it to them. That'd be amazing. There's plenty of platforms. We we'll want all of them when it comes to the podcast. Um, but yeah, we we love and appreciate every one of you and uh, looking forward to chatting again next week. Keep killing it, guys.